tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Gihan Amara Siribordena, co-founder and president of Ministry of Supply. When I think of Ministry of Supply, I think of workwear, comfortable workwear, but workwear. So I wanted to ask Gihan how the shift to work from home has impacted the business. Plus, I wanted to dig into how the brand's tech focus has evolved. Welcome, Gihan. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. For those who don't know the brand, did I sum it up well? Uh, workwear with a, I guess, comfortable slant. How would you describe it as it was shaped at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, when we started about uh, almost almost 10 years ago, we were just witnessing ourselves just the explosion of performance materials and 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 how those made such a big difference in, you know, athletic wear, right? You know, moisture wicking fabrics, et cetera. Um, and, and as we entered our professional lives, we wanted to see that same comfort, right, of, of being able to be dry during the day, being able to move with four-way stretch fabrics, but also not having to go to the dry cleaner. So we, we designed an entire line of machine washable four-way stretch um, suiting and, and clothing for the office, you know, travel and commute. And, and I think what's been interesting has been that in the past year, uh, while people aren't wearing dress shirts nearly as much as they used to, nor are they wearing suits, um, this idea of the importance of comfort has just been elevated, right? Of like, how can we be more comfortable while we're working, right? And the fact that our days are so integrated, um, both in terms of where we are, but also, you know, we have to do, we have to context switch all the time. And our clothes should be designed to do that. Absolutely. So when you were talking about we, this was yeah. when you were developing the brand, this was you, Aman, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. My, this my is at MIT. Like, this is like going back. <laughs> Tell yeah, me who yeah, the yeah. team was, how this came to, the, the idea came about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a funny story. It's like uh, my co-founder Iman and I. We were we were both we're both engineers by background, um, but we were at MIT peddling our prototypes of uh, moisture wicking dress shirts. Uh, so I was cutting up you know running shirts and making dress shirts out of them. And it turns out Iman was a former consultant cutting up his uh, his Nike dry, uh, dry fit socks, cutting the bottoms of them and sewing them to gold toast dress socks. And we were both you know hacking apparel and uh, you know the. The joke goes, our, our friends were, were hacking uh, code and we were hacking clothes. So um, <laughs> one of our professors introduced us because um, we were just both really interested in you know, how these novel materials could really affect our productivity and our comfort you know, for, for the other eight hours you know, when we're not at the gym during the day. So this was, you got the brand off the ground in 2012. Uh, what was the first thing? I would say, I hear a lot of brands saying that they're, a, you know, we're really a tech company, but I feel like you guys more so, uh, yes. Would you say that you are, like tech is at the at the focus of all you do? Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, for us, uh, one, one of our, our beliefs is is empathetic invention. It's, it's how can we invent products that solve, you know, little moments in people's days and largely through clothing, uh, but, but makes, makes their daily lives a lot easier. And, uh, we're an apparel company. Um, but we really think of our, our, our products through the lens of science, right? Like how can we make our, our daily experience of wearing clothes a lot more comfortable and allow us to be present in what we're doing. Um, so for, for all of our garments, we, we start off at kind of the fundamentals, which is, you know, looking at the human body, how do we, how does our body move? How do we look, we look at how skin stretches, how do we expel heat? 
um, and moisture, for example, and, and use that in conjunction with novel materials um, like phase change materials like NASA uses in their spacesuits um, to new construction techniques like 3 printnet, which is like a computerized knitting process. Combining all these together to solve daily new like nuisances of like having to go to the dry cleaners, right? You know, or having pit stains, right? Um, and what's interesting is like this approach, we, we we found that there was a lot of, you know, challenges in in formal dress wear, but that desire for comfort hasn't changed. And, and that's what's been exciting is like, it's more about, about process of designing apparel than it is about, you know, making uh, dress shirts and, and suits. So how would you describe the shift? So it was more so, um, I know you used to have a lot of uh, talk about travel in your in your marketing, um, maybe from <laughs> work to a business trip. I don't know what the tri- what the speak was. You tell me. But then um, how would you describe the shift where more so it's work from home, go from home to where? Anyway, talk, talk me through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's been interesting is we've been tracking kind of these, these different spheres that we used to have different clothing for, right? We used to have our work clothes. We used to have our active clothing and we used to have our leisure clothing, our kind of casual clothes. Right. And, uh, when we saw kind of, you know, when MOS was, was being, uh, developed, it was really that intersection of active and work apparel, right? It's bring four-way stretch machine washable, you know, uh, machine washable clothes that uh, work well in an office environment, for example. Right. And at the same time, you know, athleisure took off, right? The intersection of, of active wear and, and leisure, right? And that was kind of the genesis of, of, of athleisure. Um, and, and most recently, though, there's been this new intersection of where leisure and, and work can intersect, right? And that's this new category called work leisure. Um, and in some cases, we've, we've been developing clothes for work leisure, you know, since the beginning. Um, it's just all of a sudden people have started to value comfort, right? They, they want, you know, waistbands, for example, that stretch while they're sitting down. Um, you know, interesting fact is that like your waistband, your waist actually expands about five to 7% when you're sitting down and typical belts don't stretch. Right. And so, uh, you know, as, as we're, we're all sitting, you know, at home these days, uh, we're, we're way more conscious of this. And so, uh, we're designing clothes that, you know, stretch the waistband, for example, that are designed to fit with sneakers, for example, over traditional, you know, uh, brown leather shoes, for example, um, it's 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 designing clothes to be soft, stretching, comfortable, but still look presentable and sharp. That is like the fact of the day. I did not know yeah. that I was expanding here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's wild. So was this about um, making tweaks to your current assortment and um, or just, I guess, adding on to the assortment with more comfortable options? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. We we thought we were going to have to design an entirely new category and line, but what we found more and more was that actually it was about tweaking our products. Um, we we've always been using performance functional fabrics that are really soft and stretchy and and and, and machine washable. So that it was actually about adjusting the silhouette. And and uh, one of the things that we realized, you know, halfway through the pandemic or around August, when it was clear that we weren't returning back to the office to kind of traditional life in in the fall. Um, was was to modify our inventory. You know, there's been massive you know fluctuations in the supply chain over the past year. Um, so you know we have uh, we had you know a lot of chinos and pants, for example, in our warehouse here, um, you know, just outside of Boston, and we sent it to a factory in New Jersey where we actually had the legs tapered down a little bit so that they were cropped um, and tapered so that they worked well with sneakers, right? And that was just a shift in aesthetic, but 
at the end of the day, the, it was the same, you know, great four-way stretch fabric that people loved, um, just in a different silhouette. Um, we actually put a, uh, inserted a drawstring waistband into it. So you could wear it without a belt. Um, so, you know, no belts, no brown shoes has kind of been our, our, our line recently. Um, but we found that you can actually take a lot of the garments that you have and, and modify them. In fact, a lot of our dress shirts, um, we changed you know, a couple of details on them, shortened them so they could be worn untucked. Um, and doing these modifications actually helped our customers understand, like, I've actually got a lot of stuff in my wardrobe already that I can wear with just you know some tailoring adjustments even. Um, they're perfect from, for, for work from home and beyond. Yes. How did you message that? I know that when I was talking with Sarah from M.M. LaFleur, she was saying, you know, we, she, I don't even know if they changed anything. They just changed the name of a pair of pants to joggers and then they flew off the shelves. Like what, how are you messaging these changes? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, with, um, you know, presentation and kind of photography. Like that's been the most helpful part is we actually reshot our entire website, um, back in September of, of, of last year of, you know, uh, if you looked at our site before then, you know, there was a lot of suits, a lot of tucked in dress shirts, a lot of, you know, traditional leather shoes. Um, and, and, you know, just re-envisioning the same product, but with sneakers, right. With an untucked shirt or a t-shirt, you know, layered with a blazer or a sweater even, right. Um, that helping our customers understand like, Hey, I've already got a lot of these pieces in my wardrobe already. How can I how can I wear them today? And then also, you know, what are the one or two pieces that suddenly just make this outfit come together? Um, so in some cases, it's it's modifying our inventory. In other cases, it's about, you know, just helping people understand how to, how to kind of what, what these new outfits could look like. Yes. Let's talk other challenges in the last year. Obviously, product, I don't know, challenges, shifts. Um, do you still believe in the direct-to-consumer model? I think of you guys as a direct-to-consumer brand. I think maybe you had a presence maybe on Stitch Fix or maybe on some sites. Um, but yeah, talk to me about that uh, challenge or change. Yeah. You know, like, I think like simultaneously, right, there was, there was both a, a shift in aesthetic and wardrobe and then at the same time channel strategy, right? Um, we, we had six stores um, across the country right now. They're, they're, they're closed and, you know, we're, we're reevaluating our strategy for, for opening them. Uh, we are piloting, you know, reopening our store here in Boston um, in the next couple of weeks. And that's something that we're really excited about, but thinking about it through the lens of, if if we reopen our, our stores, how do we how do we open them for kind of this this post pandemic world, right? Which is you know what what are people looking for when they come into a store for an in person experience? Um, we don't want to go back to where we were in kind of traditional retail um, because our expectations have changed, right? Um, we've invested a lot in our our, our digital you know presence and e commerce and. Um, optimizing the experience for distribution there, but then using the, the in-person experience, uh, really about, you know, product education, for example, of trying the product on and, and, and really about, you know, touch and feel, which is something we're still trying to figure out. How do you bring that to the digital experience? Yes. Does the shopper still want to go to a physical store? Do you think that maybe just one, uh, I guess, flagship, your Boston store will suffice? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think, um, one thing that our our stores have have done well with in the past has been areas with a significant amount of both domestic and international tourism, um, and I think that's the trend that we want to track. and And it may not necessarily happen this year that we're seeing you know domestic tourism take off, um, but for international tourism to to really kind of rebound, we we don't expect that happening until next year. Yes. So for for the product shifts, is this the new norm? Do you think? 
Will you be going back to more formal, I guess, style silhouettes? Uh, what's your expectation there? The the trends that we're looking at in terms of how wardrobes are, are changing is is we're really interested in in this evolution of the morning routine. You know, we have seen that people have become so much more conscious about their mornings, right? Like, how do they go through? Um, you know, they're they've suddenly had in many cases half an hour, an extra hour in the morning that they've utilized, um, and they found that to be like a very powerful hour um, or, or 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 time, you know, with their families for the, for themselves, etc. Um, but that's an opportunity for for clothing to play a role too, um, which is how can I be comfortable in that you know that, that morning time at my home, and also how can I be prepared for the rest of the day? Um, could, could it could it be one piece that takes you through multiple um, you know multiple different scenarios? Another thing that we're seeing is you know while there's you know a, a, a return to normal in terms of like people being outside, that there's some hesitation around um, taking public transit, for example. And so we actually anticipate that the active commute is going to be something that we see take off uh, and hopefully a, a long-term macro trend. Um, that's something that, you know, we see our products serving really well in, right? Because they've got great four-way stretch. They're, they're going to come into the office, you know, looking sharp when they do go in. And um, a lot of people are kind of looking at this hybrid work style, which is, you know, maybe I'll come in for the middle of the day for a meeting and I'll, I'll work from home somewhere else, that there's going to be a lot more transitions. And that's where our product does best. And then lastly, I think what's been interesting has been the 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 like Mari Kondo purge of everyone's closets that's happened um, over the past couple months. And so people are really investigating, like, I haven't touched these clothes for a year and I've gotten away with a much more edited collection of, of clothes. And so uh, in that same regard, like as people rebuild their wardrobes, they're going to want, you know, pure better products that, that take them across multiple instances, right? Um, so you don't have to do, you know, three outfit changes a day if you're going through seven transitions um, over the course of the day, right? Um, so I think that's that's something that we're, we're really interested in is this, you know, active commute, morning routines, and then also this kind of consolidated wardrobe. Yes. Well, on the same note, aside from, I guess, the active uh, <laughs> worker person, um, I think of your clothes in being a tech forward uh, in their, their sustainability and um, yeah, your efforts there. Uh, you guys carbon, carbon neutral, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. what, yeah, what's the evolution there? I know you guys are trying some new things. Uh, tell me about the new program with circularity, first of all, which I think is yeah. so exciting. Yeah. You know, for, for MOS, you know, our, our stance on sustainability has always been how can we fundamentally reduce our footprint of, of our production, um, and particularly through the lens of, of product and materials. I mean, our, our strength is in, is in materials and manufacturing, and um, we, we want to go that layer deeper, um, which is really fundamentally understand how can we reduce the carbon footprint in particular of our supply chain. Um, so we've spent the past two years um you know, investigating kind of every step of our supply chain, starting with actually our our, our high volume products like our dress shirts, our suits and pants, um, and doing a complete carbon accounting analysis of that. And what we found is, for example, that there there are certain things that we can do. Like you know, we we've, we've eliminated pretty much all air shipping from our supply chain. Um, we've actually increased the recycled material content to, to we're getting close to nearly over 50% for all of our new products. Um, and, you know, reducing the virgin material content has a big impact because you don't have to take, you know, crude oil and refine it and then, or extract it, refine it, and then turn it into polyester. For example, you can actually start for something that's already been, um, you know, polymerized. Um, and that cuts carbon emissions by almost half, um, just that alone. 
um, you know, reduce, yeah, you, you know, going from air to sea shipping uh, reduces your carbon footprint for shipping by, by almost 90%. And it's these, a couple of these things that, that really make a big impact. But the last element is, is again, going back to this idea of, of circularity is, is at the end of the life of the garment. How do we use, utilize those materials so that we don't have to extract and refine them again? So the Infinity Program is our, uh, our, our technique of actually taking our old Aero Zero shirts when customers are ready to retire them. Um, we'll take them back and working with our partner, Shinkong Textiles in Taiwan, we're actually able to shred them up and, and actually re-extrude them back into fibers that we can make our dress shirts out of. So cool. Does the customer need an incentive to do so? Uh, are they, <laughs> or do they care just that much? Yeah, yeah. They, they've, we've got a great credit so that um, if, if you actually exchange, you know, your dress shirt, you'll get a $50 credit towards the purchase of a new Aero dress shirt. Very cool. Well, um, is your customer, I guess, uh, pressuring you for answers to sustainability um, for that transparency to know what you're doing <laughs> in every capacity? But yeah, did this come from the consumer? I think it's a, it's it's a it's a little bit of both. You know, we um when 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 you're manufacturing design products and you're spending a lot of time, you know, at the country of manufacturer, you know, at the mills, you you realize how you know, energy intensive manufacturing is, right? Like we only see the tip of the iceberg when we when we purchase a product. Um, but there are layers and layers of of supply chain that go behind that. And I think that was, you know, a personal motivator is that we 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 go deep into our supply chain. And that was again like a personal motivation for us. But at the same time, our our customers have been been asking us to really um to to think through a couple of different lenses. But at the end of the day, it really came to climate action. That was the one that our customers cared the most about. Um, and I think, you know, given the past year, the our community has really rallied around how do we re- recover from um, this pandemic, right? But the next global challenge for us to tackle is is climate change. And um, there's a window uh, uh, of opportunity right now for for impactful change to change the you know the, the, the course of 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 our emissions and 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 climate change right now. So uh, we are really focused on how can we accelerate that through new manufacturing, new materials. And also be a voice for that. So MOS is a part of Climate Neutral. Um, it's a consortium of brands that have gone through measurement, reduction, and and offsetting techniques um, for their entire brand and entire supply chain. So um, you know we're we're really excited about that as a way for us to you know continue reducing our footprint. Would you say that there are sacrifices in the name of sustainability that you make? Uh, whether it's you're paying more to produce, you are like you said shipping by ship. I'm sure it can't be fast. Um, how would you describe that? That uh, I guess, yeah, exchange or that that sacrifice. Yeah, I think um, what's helpful to know is like how how can we make a economically viable you know uh, uh, model for sustainable products, and to some extent that does require investment in these new manufacturing techniques so that we can overcome kind of the initial capital costs for new machinery, et cetera. Um, you know, I think what gives, you know, solace is seeing that, for example, over the past decade, the cost of solar panels have come down 90%. There is cheaper to, to, you know, build a new solar plant than is to start a new coal power plant. And, and the fact that that happens in the course of 10 years is, is something that means that like that investment was worth it. Um, so, we 
we we think there are some instances where we're you know we're we're essentially kind of paying our own like carbon tax right but we believe that that isn't just a, a recurring fee we have to pay that's an investment right um so when when we we pay you know usually about 10 15% extra for our recycled fibers um and it's not you know we think sometimes okay recycled materials you know you're getting them for free but it's actually there's a there's still a bit of refining that needs to happen for 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 that to have the same structural integrity uh for the customer right so um yeah at the end of the day i think it's our lenses, you know, there are negative externalities or costs um, that aren't accounted for, and that you know, when you do account for them, it actually works out right. Um, and and we actually see that, for example, with using recycled materials, we pay less in carbon offsets. So, um, oh, great! That's how we've been able to make an economic argument for it. For sure. Let's circle back to your store, your Boston store, because I know that you received a lot of press for this three <laughs> um, D printing. Knitwear, 3D print knitwear machine. What am I saying? Um, anyway, it's printing. It's in store. It's experiential. Um, do you guys still believe in in that? Um, is that still is that like old news? And now you've uh, you've moved on to I guess a, a better technology, uh, more advanced <laughs> processes. You know, it's it's been interesting. Like I think we're um, we've especially now, right? Like when we look at like what is what is what's the experience people are looking for. I think there's an element of um, there's an idea called the endowment effect, which is basically, you know, when when customers are are part of the creation of something, they feel inherently connected to it. Um, it's the same feeling we have when we when we sit at a bar and you see a cocktail being made right in front of you, you appreciate it a lot more. And I think that's kind of the same mentality that we we want to bring with our products is is show a little bit about how it's how it's being made. Um, that's that that was the the impetus for putting these machines in our stores you know what we've we've shifted towards has been doing a lot more r and d and development in store so we can develop prototypes you know people can see it in person um you know over the course of the past year we've been making masks on our machines um so we're we're, we're yeah we're we've, we're finding a kind of a, a new use for that but um very much something where I think what was exciting was utilizing computerized manufacturing or or you know computerized knitting in this case um it really proved itself during the pandemic because, you know, within 10 days of the WHO declaring this uh, a pandemic, we, we had a, uh, a mass that we could manufacture at scale and that we were running 24-7 essentially on, on these machines uh, for, for healthcare workers. And, and you can only do that with this type of manufacturing technique. So, um, you know, to do design, development, production of something at scale that quickly um, is where this proves itself out. And agility, I think, is what everyone's looking for in their supply chain. Um, and this fills that void. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask about that. Any sort of hurdles in your supply chain? I know you're very open about the factories you work with. It seems that they're all over the world. <laughs> um, did that? Did this force any changes there? Yeah, I think, you know, in this, the apparel supply chain, we're seeing, you know, the kind of bullwhip, you know, uh, effect that's happening right now, which is, uh, you know, pre-March, we were starting to see some slowdowns coming out of the factories. And a, a lot of apparel companies experienced this. There's kind of a rush to get your, your production out of out of uh, the factories, you know, pre-March 2020. And and then there was a, a glut of inventory that happened, right? And so there's a slowdown in production, Factories had to to recalibrate, and then now as things are opening back up, we're seeing some slowdowns again um, in production. So this is probably maybe like the the second or third wave of you know it it switches from supply to demand, supply to demand, um, but they're they're flattening out, which is good. Um, 
the other one that we're seeing some issues, is, you know, we, we make, you know, uh, some garments with wearable electronics in them, like our mercury jacket, for example. Um, and the global chip shortage is something that's been challenging, um, for kind of, you know, the development of our products, um, just as, as, you know, simple things that, that you would take for granted, like, you know, LEDs and transistors are out of stock, you know, and, and I think it's important to think of like, you know, as apparel and, and, you know, electronics, you know, merge more and more over the next couple of years, these two supply chains are going to become more entrenched with each other. Flip topics really quickly, your approach to fundraising. Um, was this a part of a big piece of the pie early on? And uh, yeah, are you guys still looking to raise more money? Yeah, you know, we've, uh, we've raised, you know, uh, capital over the past couple of years, largely from, um, single family offices and, and, uh, private equity. And that's been something that's been, uh, allowing us to take a, a longer term horizon look at how we build our brand. Um, at this point, you know, we, we kind of see some light at the end of the tunnel and, uh, we're, we're seeing some, some good kind of recovery happening. Um, so we're, we're, we're in a good spot, but, um, yeah, I think our, our number one goal though is, is really to fuel our growth from here on out through our own operations. And, um, um, I think what's been interesting is that the, this past year has really allowed us to focus on on operational efficiency and and really making sure we we have the right products um, and manufacturing them in locations uh, that that can can grow with us over the next couple of years. I don't know if this is new, but I saw this one-on-one virtual shop along <laughs> on your site. I saw that yeah. they're offering, they, you are offering yourself <laughs> up as to be a kind of a stylist of sorts, yeah. but is that new in the last year? And yeah, are our customers taking to that? Yeah, yeah, we we actually have you know usually you know a couple of customers you know engaging with this um, between Jarloff, our design director, and myself. We love hopping on you know on video calls with our customers and helping them you know navigate our site, you know figure out what pieces will fit their their wardrobe. And I mean, I think we we want to learn use this as a learning opportunity, right? We we've a lot of our new designs have come from this experience where we're seeing actually what our customers' closets actually look like, right? You know, seeing how people organize their closets, seeing you know which shirts are at the front of the rack, for example, and and which things have been sitting in the back for for the past year has been really good insight as well in terms of what 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 should we be creating for them um so i i think you know for for any designer for any product developer it's 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 important to be really grounded in like what's the use case of your product um and and as much as we're trying to see you know what does the world look like in the next nine to twelve months um the behaviors that people have right now are giving some indications and so um yeah these these shop longs have been fantastic for that are you guys, did you try any other, I guess, bells and whistles, whether it's uh, Instagram lives, like you said, a lot of the customers want to be, have that connection with the brand that they're supporting. Uh, yeah. How did your marketing change in, in those other kind of connection opportunities? Yeah, we've, we've done um, a lot of uh, live live chat and live video chat, um, particularly during like kind of like high high volume periods. For example, our, our whole team is available for that um, when we're you know for Black Friday, for example. Um, we focus a lot uh, recently on uh, you know a lot of what we call our, our soul initiatives. Um, these, these are, uh, through the lens of how can we use science to improve people's daily lives? That's, you know, mission of our company. Um, that's included giving away, you know, over a quarter million dollars worth of product and what we call starter kits, uh, which are outfits to help people get back, you know, into the workforce. Um, you know, it's been a challenging year in, in terms of the economy. And so, um, our clothes are designed to, to help people during their workday. Um, and so we, we were really excited about the starter kits program, um, that went out. We also 
created actually um, a, a series of, of, of science education kits um, all about you know clothing and fabric science um, with a group here in Boston called Bajika, and they're called our, our program called M Labs uh, Ministry Labs, and it's uh, uh, all about learning about you know how to how does dye work, right? How do four way stretch fabrics actually work at a fiber level, um, and and helping students who haven't had access to you know their science labs over the past year get access to science education at home with this box that arrives at their house. Um, and we've been donating that to Boston public schools and um, particularly in, in areas uh, uh, where students haven't had access to, uh, to science education. Um, um, so yeah, it's, it's, those are, those are the ways we've been trying to engage socially. Um, and, and I know it's, it's not, you know, through social media, but it's, it's really about like, that's, that's where we feel like we're most authentic is, is, sharing our love for science and uh we hope it's contagious <laughs> yes that's so cool i love the idea of the starter kit and that was more like um folks could kind of apply to to yes. have access to this wardrobe that's great how many did you guys send out over a thousand yeah over a okay, thousand kits. Great. Yeah, yeah awesome well tell me i guess um looking back at the year i think at the start of 2020 it was kind of like growth mode and you were go 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 how would you describe i guess uh when do you expect, I guess, the curve to return to a normal state? Yeah. You know, I think um, we, we've been, we saw a lot of our growth in, in pre-2020 fueled by store growth, for example, and, um, you know, suits and dress shirts, just kind of like, you know, that being our base for our product line. Um there's this idea in, in evolution called punctuated equilibrium. And it's basically, you know, things grow at a kind of steady rate. There's a sudden shock to the environment and then it reaches a new equilibrium. And that's kind of how we see things. Um, you know, the past year is certainly it's changed what people are expecting out of their, their clothes, right? Particularly their clothes while they're working. Um, and, and while, you know, there was a moment while we might not necessarily have had the joggers that everyone was looking for at that moment, we, we think that we actually have, the price that people are looking for for the next decade as they return back to the to, to their place of work. That can be at home, that can be the office, that could be somewhere in between, right? Um, and that's what we've really tried to focus on. Um, you know, this this recovery is it's it's actually we're seeing some some rebound right now, which is uh, largely people getting out of out of the house. That's kind of what we're seeing right now. A lot of travel um, driven uh, uh, purchases, which is you know uh, going for the first time to, to see family, to um, to go to leisure locations, right? And come this fall, this is generally when we're hearing from our customers that they uh, are returning back to the office in in some form. Um, so we we anticipate it happening in two waves. One's happening right now, and we anticipate another one in, in in another like three, four months. Yeah. Yes. You are just, you're going to await your moment. It's coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but what, what would you say is work? What is selling now is working to acquire customers now? Um, a, a lot of it's, uh, you know, kind of focused on um, how, how can I have comfort, but in something that looks presentable? Um, because I think the last year has really been about optimized comfort you know, at all costs, right? You know, any sweatpants will do. Um, if we, interestingly, we saw our short sales go up 3x last year uh, as an indication that a lot of people probably were wearing shorts on their Zoom calls, right? And and uh, <laughs> and it's not to say that people can't, maybe people are going to go back to the office wearing shorts a lot more, right? Um, but wh- whatever it is um, that people have optimized for comfort. But when when you're in a social environment, when you're 
either seeing friends, you're seeing family, or you're in an office uh, environment, you're probably, you, you care more about being presentable, right? Um, and I think that's, it's when there's a tension there between, you know, comfort and, and, and a sharp aesthetic, that's our opportunity. So um, we're, we're, we're actually excited about it. Are you guys going back to the office? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've uh we've adopted a uh a model at MOS called uh, Scrum, which is this sprint met- methodology where every other week we we have no meetings and we just work it work on these kind of asynchronous projects. Um and it's how a lot of tech companies work um, in software development. Um but it's something that we found has really helped kind of create some punctuation during our 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 you know our work time. Um but also break away from the Zoom monotony, I think, because it, yes. it, it helps with that. Um, but then the other weeks are what we call operate weeks. So we actually have kind of our meetings in in, in those weeks. And it's been fantastic because I think, uh, you know, it allows people to get their deep work done. Um, but at the same time, you know, the other weeks, uh, these operate weeks, those are the ones that we intend to be in office in person. Um, so we're actually planning to actually go every other week in office. And then the other week can be kind of work wherever you need to work. But but kind of figuring out that that right balance, you know, I, I think it would be the wrong move to say we're going to go back to exactly how things were before. Um, we, we, we should have learned and adapted to this, this new environment. And that's where this kind of scrum kind of agile, you know, you know, uh, team methodology has been really, really helpful. Oh, my gosh. I'm like taking mental notes of this no Zoom week. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Um, what would you say, um, where are you going to land at the end of 2021? What do you expect and what are you planning for the rest of the year if you had to kind of sum it up? Yeah, I think, you know, what we're really focused on is is um, not just, you know, recovering to where we were, but um, – being a leader in this this new category of work leisure, um, you know, we've we've set the foundation for it, um, both in terms of you know customer awareness around comfort and and sharpness, and that's what we're really focused on for the rest of the year is is get people ready for the next you know the rest of the decade, um, and and get ready for for the clothes that they need for this new working style. Are the models on your site going to be wearing a button down and some sweat shorts? <laughs> we do have, <laughs> we, we 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 have made some pro types of stuff that like we just loved you know to wear around you know uh the past year and and it's been good you know i think we wanted to test the array of stuff that um that people are, are wearing right now but um yeah we we're excited to kind of lead the charge here right on well gihan this was so fun thanks so much for being here thanks so much y'all appreciate it that's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the Glossy Podcast. See you next week.